0: This is Bedard on Discipleship with Stephen Bedard. Hello, Stephen Bedard here, and I want to talk to you about whether we should read books by authors who have fallen in some way. So, uh, thinking of some relatively recent examples, do we read books by Rabbi Zacharias, or what about... Jean Vanier? Do we read books by them? What about Bill Hybels? Uh, what about many of the other examples of leaders that we have respected at one point in the past, but it has been revealed that they have uh, committed some kind of sin? Do we remove all of these books from our libraries? Uh, do we reject them? Uh, do we stop quoting from them? What are we supposed to do? And this is actually a pretty difficult question to answer because it is not really clear what we should do. Uh, first of all, uh, every author has done something wrong. It doesn't matter what kind of Christian author you're talking about. Uh, there, If you dig deep enough, you're going to find something wrong in their past. But sometimes there's been something so extreme that we begin to ask, and I think Uh, Jean Beignet and Rabbi Zacharias are are two examples of that and uh, we could add more into that. So how how do we decide whether or not we are going to do this? Is it people who have uh, committed sexual sins like the example that I have uh, already given? Well, what about other authors who have uh, perhaps fallen from... Their uh, their pedestals, but maybe not because of sexual sins. So thinking of uh, uh, pastors like James McDonald or Mark Driscoll who got in trouble more for their leadership style and being uh, too aggressive and creating a toxic workplace. Uh, do we continue to read from them or is sexual sin the, the line that we will not cross? What happens if it is a uh, an example of someone maybe who has been caught in adultery but has repented, has been reconciled to their spouse, has gone through the uh, proper um, discipline from whatever body that they've put themselves under, uh, then do we continue to read from them? Uh, these are some of the examples of... Uh, of uh, questions we have to wrestle with. What do we do? So one of the things we have to take into account is something called the genetic fallacy. And so the genetic fallacy is defined in this way. A genetic fallacy is a logical fallacy that occurs when a claim is accepted or rejected based on the source of the evidence rather than the quality or applicability of the evidence. So basically what the genetic fallacy is asking is not just Whether or not uh, Rabbi Zacharias was a a person that we should respect, uh, whether he was a person who uh, lived what he taught, what we should be asking is, is the information that's found in his books, is it true? And if it's true, then it is still available to us to uh, work through, to quote, to read, and it's still of some help. Now, I don't really know what the answer is to this. Now, I'll say for Rabbi Zacharias, um, just the example there. The uh, I actually don't find his books that helpful. It's not that they're bad, and uh, there have been times in the past where they have been kind of helpful for me. But uh, I wouldn't consider Rabbi Zacharias a, a great scholar by any means. He was a, a very good. Apologetics preacher, um, and this is uh, some good apologetic devotional type material. But if I was going to dig deep into uh, apologetic scholarship, I probably wouldn't go to Rabbi Zacharias. But uh, Jean Vanier would be uh, in a different category for me in that. He really did a lot of work in the area of disability theology and disability ministry that is still very applicable today. And the uh, things that he said are not things that other people have said. And uh, many disability theologians, uh, if you look at the the major works that are out there right now, uh, much of them will include quotes from Jean Vanier, much more than apologists will quote from Rabbi Zacharias. And so I actually struggle more with uh, what to do with Jean Vanier. And I'll tell you, I am uh, just finishing up my doctor of ministry thesis, and I have a section on Jean Vanier. Now, I acknowledge what he did, but I continue to quote from him and have a section on his thought, because it's still is influential but I know that there are a lot of people a lot of other people in the uh, disability community especially the disability uh, Christian community that have removed John Vanier's books from their bookshelves because they don't want to to include that and I don't think that there is actually one answer for everyone I don't think we can answer with a definite yes or no of whether or not we should continue to read these books. Uh, in the case of Jean Vanier and Ravi Zacharias, uh, both of them have passed on. Neither one of them are going to receive royalties from us buying books from them. We are not uh, encouraging them in their sin. We are not um, financially benefiting them. So that is one thing to keep in mind, which is maybe a different situation for some other authors who are uh, maybe still Uh, receiving those royalty checks and and, uh, we might be having second thoughts about uh, helping them in that way. But I can see how there would be some people, especially those who have been the victims of sexual abuse or sexual harassment, who could be triggered by reading these books. And and also those who are uh, close to such victims it might be a real struggle for them to uh, to read these books. And so I can completely understand that. It doesn't make them uh, bad to decide to remove those books. But there are those who continue to, uh, to uh, read uh, the books by such authors, and that doesn't make them bad either. We all have to make our own decisions. I think we have to read these books in the context of who they are and so as we are reading what they are saying we can ask how does this fit with how they lived and uh, sometimes that is consistent and sometimes it is not consistent but we still have to judge what they are saying whether it is true or not and this is going to be an ongoing struggle and unfortunately by the time you watch this video, you might find that uh, a new author has uh, fallen in some way. A new Christian leader, uh, a new thought leader has fallen, who has been uh, discovered to be in sexual sin or some kind of other sin. And we just have to uh, wrestle through with what we're going to do about this because the examples are going to keep on coming. And what do we do? Uh, you can see behind me, I have lots and lots of books here. And I know for a fact that some of those authors have done things that were uh, inconsistent with the Christian life. And yet there is value in them uh, as at the same time. Uh, things are true whether or not the people who said them were living fully truthful lives. And that's the the challenge we have. So I may have only just given you more questions and not really provided the answers but that's because I am wrestling through this uh, as well. I would love to hear what you're thinking. Uh, Please comment in the comment section for this video and tell me, uh, do you go through your library do you remove books by these authors and authors uh, uh, that I haven't talked about when you find out that there has been some kind of uh, moral failing on their part? Do you regularly purge your library when these things happen? I would love to hear what you're doing and how you wrestle with it. Thank you for watching this video. Please subscribe to the channel. and. Also, please check out my website, stephenjbedard.com. Thank you, and God bless.